Welcome to Set Free 24-7. My name is Robert, and I am so glad that you're here today. We're reading through the Bible. This is a journey through the Bible, number four. How are you this morning, Heidi? I am absolutely amazing. Glad to be here. Happy Wednesday, everyone. We will have the text that we're reading out of down below in the comments if you want to follow along in your favorite translation, or if you just want to put us on in the background and enjoy a cup of coffee or while you're driving into work, we are happy that you're here. So we're going to get started here. It's Matthew 2, verse 13 to 23 is where we're starting. So after the scholars were gone, God's angel showed up again in Joseph's dream and commanded, Get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt. Stay until further notice. Herod is on the hunt for this child and wants to kill him. Joseph obeyed. He got up and took the child and his mother under cover of darkness. They were out of town and well on their way by daylight. They lived in Egypt until Herod's death. This Egyptian exile fulfilled what Hosea had preached. I called my son out of Egypt. Herod, when he realized that the scholars had tricked him, flew into a rage. He commanded the murder of every little boy that was two years old and under who lived in Bethlehem and the surrounding hills. He determined that age from information that he had gotten from the scholars. That's when Jeremiah's revelation was fulfilled. A sound was heard in Ramah, weeping and much lament, Rachel weeping for her children, Rachel refusing all solace, her children gone, dead and buried. Later when Herod died, God's angel appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Up! Take the child and his mother and return to Israel. All those out to murder the child are dead. Joseph obeyed. He got up, took the child and his mother, and re-entered Israel. When he heard, though, that Archelaus had succeeded his father Herod as king in Judea, he was afraid to go there. But then Joseph was directed in a dream to go to the hills of Galilee. On arrival, he settled in the village of Nazareth. This move was a fulfillment of the prophetic words, He shall be called a Nazarene. So next we're going to read in Acts chapter 2, verse 22. Okay. Fellow Israelites, listen carefully to these words. Jesus the Nazarene, a man thoroughly accredited by God to you, the miracles and wonders and signs that God did through him are common knowledge. This Jesus, following the deliberate and well-thought-out plan of God. I do like that. Jesus, the Nazarene, mm -hmm. I love that. Was betrayed by men who took the law into their own hands and was handed over to you. And you pinned him to a cross and killed him. But God untied the death ropes and raised him up. Death was no match for him. David said it all. I saw God before me for all time. Nothing can shake me. He's right by my side. I'm glad from the inside out. Ecstatic. I love that. Glad from the inside mm. out. <laughs> I pitched my tent in the land of hope. I know you'll never dump me in Hades. I'll never even smell the stench of death. You've got my feet on the life path with your face shining sun joy all around. That's a great word picture. Dear friends, let me be completely frank with you. Our ancestor David is dead and buried. His tomb is in plain sight today. But being also a prophet, in knowing that God had solemnly sworn that a descendant of his 
would rule his kingdom. Seeing far ahead, he talked of the resurrection of the Messiah. No trip to Hades, no stench of death. This Jesus God raised up, and every one of us here is a witness to it. Then, raised to the heights at the right hand of God and receiving the promise of the Holy Spirit from the Father, he poured out the spirit he had just received. This is what you see and hear. For David himself did not ascend to heaven, but he did say, God said to my master, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a stool for resting your feet. All Israel then know this. There's no longer room for doubt. God made him master in Messiah, this Jesus whom you killed on a cross. Cut to the quick. Those who were there listening asked Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, brothers, so now what do we do? Peter said, Change your life. Turn to God and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so your sins are forgiven. Receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is targeted to you and your children, but also to all who are far away. Whomever, in fact, our master God invites. He went on in this vein for a long time, urging them over and over, Get out while you can. Get out of this sick and stupid culture. That day, about 3,000 took him at his word, were baptized, and were signed up. They committed themselves to the teaching of the apostles, the life together, the common meal, and the prayers. Everyone around was in awe. All those wonders and signs done through the apostles and all the believers lived in a wonderful harmony, holding everything in common. They sold whatever they owned and pooled their resources so that each person's need was met. Really a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful picture of what the it church really should is. be. I know. And this is really interesting because this is also... A lot of this I'm covering at the same time in mm. school. And it's really interesting to me that I'm coming the next day because we literally just covered this in a class for school I yesterday. They followed a daily discipline of worship in the temple, followed by meals at home, every meal a celebration, exuberant and joyful as they praised God. People in general liked what they saw. Every day their number grew as God added those who were saved. And I like at the end how it talks about they met together over a meal. Yes. You know how I feel about that. <laughs> Absolutely. That's part of what we do with something else we're involved in called wellfed.love. Yes. It's just Absolutely. getting around over food, having mm -hmm. some good conversations. Uh, so if you'd like, check it out. It's wellfed.love. And it's just a place for some encouragement and just practical, practical stuff. stuff. And loving each other and supporting each other. And now we're going to start with Psalm number four. It's a David Psalm. When I call, give me answers. God, take my side. Once in a tight place, you gave me room. Now I'm in trouble again. Grace me, hear me. You rabble, how long do I put up with your, your scorn? How long will you lust after lies? How long will you live crazed by illusion? Look at this. Look, who got picked by God? He listens the split second I call to him. Complain if you must, but don't lash out. Keep your mouth shut and let your heart do the talking. 
Build your case before God and wait for His verdict. Why is everyone hungry for more? More, more, they say. More, more. I have God's more than enough. More joy in one ordinary day than they get in all of their shopping sprees. At the day's end, I'm ready for sound sleep. For you, God, have put my life back together. What a beautiful psalm. It absolutely is. And it's still, I'm like, how does this work out that literally one of my classes yesterday was all about this? Mm -hmm. And it, and I talked to you a little bit about it. And they were very blunt in Western Christianity's biggest problem is the fact that we're so wealthy. And mm -hmm. a lot of wealthy people don't feel the need for God like others do that find themselves sure. tougher times. Yeah. Yeah. I find it interesting. It now, challenged me. It really did. It, yeah. it challenged me. And now we'll move over to uh, finish out the day with Genesis 9 through 11. I'll read a couple chapters and then Heidi will come in to close us out for yes. the day. Yes. So Genesis chapter 9, God bless Noah and his sons. He said, prosper, reproduce, fill the earth. Every living creature, birds, animals, fish, will fall under your spell and be afraid of you. You're responsible for them. All living creatures are yours for food, just as I gave you the plants. Now I give you everything else, except for meat with its lifeblood still in it. Don't eat that. But your own lifeblood I will avenge. I will avenge it against both animals and other humans. Whoever sheds human blood by humans, let his blood be shed. Because God made humans in his image, reflecting God's very nature. You are here to bear fruit, reproduce, and lavish life on the earth. Live bountifully. Then God spoke to Noah and his sons. I'm setting up my covenant with you, including your children who will come after you. Along with everything alive around you, birds, farm animals, wild animals that came out of the ship with you, I'm setting up my covenant with you that never again will everything living be destroyed by floodwaters. No, never again will a flood destroy the earth. God continued, This is the sign of the covenant that I'm making between me and you and everything living around you and every one living after you. I'm putting my rainbow in the clouds, a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. From now on, when I form a cloud cover over the earth and the rainbow appears in the cloud, I will remember my covenant between me and you and everything living that never again will floodwaters destroy all life. When the rainbow appears in the cloud, I'll see it and remember the eternal covenant between God and everything living and every last living creature on earth. And God said, this is the sign of the covenant that I've set up between me and everything living on the earth. The sons of Noah who came out of the ship were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Ham was the father of Canaan. These are the three sons of Noah. From these three, the whole earth was populated. Noah, a farmer, was the first to plant a vineyard. He drank from its wine, got drunk, and passed out naked in his tent. Ham, the father of Canaan, saw that his father was naked and told his two brothers who were outside the tent. Shem and Japheth took a cloak, 
held it between them from their shoulders, walked backward and covered their father's nakedness, keeping their faces turned away so that they did not see their father's exposed body. When Noah woke up with his hangover, he learned what his youngest son had done. He said, Cursed be Canaan, a slave of slaves, a slave mm. to his brothers. Blessed be God, the God of Shem, but Canaan shall be his slave. God prosper Japheth, living spaciously in the tents of Shem, but Canaan will be his slave. Noah lived another 350 years following the flood. He lived a total of 950 years, and he died. This is the family tree of the sons of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. After the flood, they themselves had sons. Now you see here what I did for you, Heidi? Yes, you got I the took, names. I took some of the names today for you. So here we go. Buckle up. <laughs> All right. Those of you expecting a kid, there may be some name options yep. here. Yeah, this is definitely a names list for 2023. So Absolutely. Here we go. The sons of Japheth, Gomer, Magog, Madai, Javan, Tubal, Meshech, and Tiras. If I'm mispronouncing these, show me a little grace, please. The sons of Gomer, Ashkenaz, Ripfath, and Togarmah. Now, there's some good tripping. That is a good one. The sons of Javan, Elisha, Tarshish, Kittim, Rodanim, and the seafaring peoples developed from these, each in its own place mm. by family, each with its own language. The sons of Ham were Cush, Egypt, Put, and Canaan. The sons of Cush were Seba, Havilah, Sabta, Ramah, and Sabdeca. The sons of Ramah were Sheba and Dedan. Cush also had Nimrod. What a now. I know his name has been used mercilessly right. for years. Poor Nimrod. Nobody wants to be a Nimrod. Nobody wants that. He was the first great warrior on earth. I, mean, I want to be that. I know. It's like we should want to be a Nimrod. I will proudly be a Nimrod. He was a great hunter before God. There was a saying, like Nimrod, a great hunter before God. His kingdom got its start with Babel, and then Erech, Akkad, and Kalna in the country of Shinar. From there he went up to Asher and built Nineveh, Rehoboth-ur, Kala and Resen between Nineveh and the great city of Kala. Egypt was ancestor to the Ludum, the Ananim, the Lehabim, and the Nephtahuim. <laughs> Wowzer. The Pathrusim, the Kaslahim, the origin of the Philistines, and the Kaphtorim. Canaan had Sidon, his firstborn Heth the Jebusites, the Amorites, and the Girgashites, the Hivites, the Archites, the Sinites, and the Arvadites, the Zamarites, and the Hamathites. Later, the Canaanites spread out, going from Sidon toward Gerar, as far south as Gaza, and then east all the way over to Sodom, Gomorrah, Adma, Zeboim, and Antalasia. These are the descendants of Ham by family, language, country, and nation. Shem, the older brother of Japheth, also had sons. Shem was ancestor to all of the children of Eber. The sons of Shem were Elam, Asher, Arphaxad, Lud, and Aram. 
The sons of Aram were Uz, Hul, Gether, and Meshech. Arphaxad had Shelah, and Shelah had Eber. Eber had two sons, Peleg, so named in his days because the human race divided, and Joktan. Joktan had Almadad, Shelah, Hazarmerveth, Jirah, Hadaram, Uzal, Dikla, Obal, Bimiel, Sheber, Ophar, Havilah, and Jobab. All were sons of Joktan. Their land goes from Mesha toward Sephar as far as, as the mountain ranges in the east. These are the descendants of Shem by family, language, country, and nation. This is the family tree of the sons of Noah as they developed into nations. From them, nations developed all across the earth after the flood. And I'm going to hand it over to Heidi here for chapter 11. Bringing it home. Bringing it home. So it, I found it interesting that Havilah was a common name threaded throughout these family histories. And it was one of those original four rivers coming out of the Garden mm. of Eden. So I hadn't really to think about that before. I wonder. My takeaway research. from this is we have easy names like Abraham, and then we have names oh, like Shem and Ham. I know, and those are easy to pronounce, but then you have these just off the wall names. Well, there's an awful lot of other letters that need to be used, Wiser. so they did that. Yeah. All right. So chapter eleven. At one time, the whole earth spoke the same language. It so happened that as they moved out of the east, they came upon a plain in the land of Shinar and settled down. They said to one another, Come, let's make bricks and fire them well. They used brick for stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, Come, let's build ourselves a city and a tower that reaches to heaven. Let's make ourselves famous so we won't be scattered here and there across the earth. God came down to look over the city and the tower, both people had built. God took one look and said, one people, one language. Why? This is only a first step. No telling what they'll come up with next. They'll stop at nothing. Come, we'll go down and garble their speech so they won't understand each other. Then God scattered them from there all over the world, and they had to quit building the city. That's how it came to be called Babel because there God turned their language into Babel. From there, God scattered them all over the world. This is the story of Shem. When Shem was 100 years old, he had Arphaxet. It was two years after the flood. After he had Arphaxet, he lived 500 more years and had other sons and daughters. When Arphaxet was 35 years old, he had Shelah. After Arphaxad had Shelah, he lived 403 more years and had other sons and daughters. When Shelah was 30 years old, he had Eber. After Shelah had Eber, he lived 403 more years and had other sons and daughters. When Eber was 34 years old, he had Peleg. After Eber had Peleg, he lived 430 more years and had other sons and daughters. When Peleg was 30 years old, he had Ryu. After he had Ryu, he lived 209 more years and had other sons and daughters. 
When Ryu was 32 years old, he had Sarug. After Ryu had Sarug, he lived 207 more years and had other sons and daughters. When Sirug was 30 years old, he had Nahor. After Sirug had Nahor, he lived 200 more years and had other sons and daughters. When Nahor was 29 years old, he had Terah. After Nahor had Terah, he lived 119 more years and had other sons and daughters. When Terah was 70 years old, he had Abram, Nahor, and Haran. This is a story of Terah. Terah had Abram, Nahor, and Haran. Haran had Lot. Haran died before his father Terah in the country of his family, Ur of the Chaldees. Abram and Nahor each got married. Abram's wife was Sarai. Nahor's wife was Milcah, the daughters of his brother Haran. Haran had two daughters, Milcah and Iscah. Sarai was barren. She had no children. Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, Haran's son, and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife, and set out with them from Ur of the Chaldees for the land of Canaan. But when they got as far as Haran, they settled down there. Terah lived 205 years. He died in Haran. And that's the end of chapter 11. It was interesting to see their age started mm. to decrease. I noticed that mm -hmm. too while you were reading. Like instead of eight or 900 years, now we're down to 400. Yeah. I remember it was a few chapters ago that God said, no more. It's going to be 120 years at the most. So it's like that takes time to implement, right? God's got to start phasing them out. Yeah. And I, I find it interesting and fascinating. Do you I think love part of them living version. so long was, hey, we got to populate the earth? And I mean, they didn't have hospitals back then. They didn't mm -hmm. have they didn't have Band-Aids. They didn't have stuff to treat infections. I mean, life was but rough back then. But they did. They had natural things. They Honey, did. They, right. I mean, they did those things but not in sure. the way we think of yeah think of things but that was that's an interesting take i hadn't stopped to consider that but that would make sense i've also heard other things conditions on the earth were much more pure they were much more pure and there wasn't small humans were capable of living longer animals lived a long time i've often heard it said that that's why dinosaurs were the size they were things mm. lived so long in certain species of animals that throughout their entire life, they are continually growing. They just never get smaller. Yeah. So that would make sense. Pigs would get huge. They would get big. Pigs never stop growing in their lifetime. I'm glad that pigs don't that grow wings. That would be messy. There's a lot of things I'm glad don't have <laughs> wings. So you being one of them. Oh, but... Yeah, me too. And friends, look at that. Here we are, another 20 minutes or so in, and you got your Bible reading done for the day. Yes. So thanks for joining in. What do you think of the message version? Have you ever heard this version before? We're curious to see what you think of how it breaks down some of the different texts that you may have heard in other yes. versions. I love that this version of reading through the Bible jumps around a little bit of Genesis, a little bit of Psalms. A little bit of Matthew right now and a little bit of Acts because they all seem right. to kind of... They're supporting each other absolutely. and they're tying in what we're reading in the Old Testament. Yes. And I absolutely love it. I love this version, this paraphrase, so to speak. Don't be afraid of it. 
It's a beautiful, beautiful way of truly understanding and seeing it. And I'll have a link for this Bible that we're using down in the comments. If you want to pick up a copy for yourself, feel free and join along. Or just keep us on in the background and let us do the hard work of reading through the Bible. We're so happy that you're here. We look forward to sharing the Bible with you every day. Absolutely. So we will see you tomorrow for day number five. Thanks again for following along. Please give our channel a like, a subscribe, a share maybe even. We're just in the very beginning stages of growing this and your support in that area means so much to us. It sure does. Have a great day, everyone. See you tomorrow.